Alright, listen up. This'll only take a second. Just kidding. It'll take about 60 seconds. Neil here, aka the Merch Czar, to talk about the rogue irons I picked up from Callaway last month. And oh my lanta, am I compressing the golf ball. I asked for a set of clubs that were forgiving for someone who only gets out once every couple weeks as a huge right miss and can't be Ranger Rick out there on the pro-am circuit like Solly. They recommended the new Rogues paired with some extra stiff 130 gram shafts to slow down my tempo and keep things a little more consistent. The results speak for themselves and let me be clear, I took all the money off the NLU boys up at Bandon. I'm getting an extra 10 to 12 yards on each club. And yes, airmail and greens was certainly an issue early in the trip, but I made some in-game adjustments, and you know what? My team and I are pleased with the results. Nippers, scooters, stingers. I'm not hitting any of those shots, but there's no doubt the rogue irons have been a game-changer for a mid-handicapper like myself by keeping my high, lazy, and if I may, majestic fade much more consistent. If you're looking for a set of irons that are forgiving and just plain feel good, when you hit them, check out CallawayGolf.com to build your custom set today. Make sure you tell them I sent you. And you know what? They'll probably just ask, who's that Schwalto? Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah! Yeah, I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect anything different? All right, welcome back to part two of our Scotland Wrap-Up podcast. If you missed part one, we talked about our experiences at Kilspindy, Musselboro, North Berwick, the old course, Crail, and Ely. And in this uh, episode, we're going to talk about Cruden Bay, Cullen, Castle Stewart, Nairn, Brora, and Dornick. So... Uh, wrapping up from uh, from St. Andrews, we had different legs. We, we talked a bit about in the previous uh, episode about our game tilt that we've been playing all week. We had different phases of the game. We had uh, we had the uh, East Lothian stage. That was like the sprinter's jersey yeah. from the Tour de France. <laughs> East Lothian stage. Uh, I believe uh, your boy was the champion of that one. Uh, Tron took – actually, yeah, we shouldn't do spoilers on the – on the, That's on, true. on the status. So, um, Tron, the race uh, tightened. The race tightened. At the dash to Dornick got uh, got a bit tight as we got uh, pretty horny for Dorney there at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, but uh, we moved up the road. We woke up early and uh, got on the road early to go up to Cruden Bay, which is just north of Aberdeen, um, about two and a half hours probably, I think it was, from St. Andrews, somewhere around there. Um, had a very moody day, some moody skies, a bit of rain. Uh, we were greeted there uh, by Les, the general manager there. is great. Um, gentle soul. Very yeah. gentle soul. And I love it. When you when you have a tea time there, they give you a little, uh, I believe it's a nip of whiskey. Whiskey with no E. We got scolded for that one. Uh, and uh, we decided that on the first tea, we are going to, for every birdie we made, we were going to do a toast. We were going to do toast for birdies. Which I think is the most birdies we We made. actually <laughs> made a ton of birdies <laughs> yeah. at Curtin Bay. Um, <laughs> we're all on empty stomachs at like 8.30 a.m. Uh, so I want to hear from you guys. I got to play. I was fortunate enough to get to play Cruden Bay a couple times last year, and it really stuck out to me. Uh, and it ranks very highly on my list of courses I've played in Scotland. But you guys first go around Cruden Bay. What, uh, what were your initial reactions? Cruden Bay was the course I was actually most looking forward to playing just based on the pictures I had seen of it. 
it stood out to me, or I guess my my you know my preconception, the, the the pictures were so stunning. I guess is the word that kind of I associate with Cruden Bay, um, the, the scale and the vastness and the, the sprawling nature of the property really, and, and the dunes and it's just. It's almost set like I think DJ, you said this feels more like a course set in Ireland than it does yeah, in Scotland. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just it's just like a a moonscape <laughs> at parts. You know, it's just it's or it it almost feels uh, like the closest U.S. comparison is you know it almost feels like Stream Song and in, in parts. You know, where you got kind of the wild like unpredictable dunes rather than everywhere else in in uh, everywhere else in Scotland. You get kind of like the long rolling dunes yeah that, you know yeah it just feels a little more organized or a little more subtle and and this is just it's kind of crazy it's, it's stark and it's just really yeah cool. that, that green at 14 is just kind of it's like how is that possible yeah um i think we had used a comparison when we went out to bandon earlier this year kind of of pacific dunes or at least i used it kind of just being this like knockout stunner and i think that's what cruden bay was to me yeah it, just the, the the views and the visuals and the sight lines, it's just, whoa. Like, it, it, it almost overdoes the senses a little bit. Starting from about that third hole, three through nine is just an absolute tour de force. Like, it is a crazy variety, great par threes, drivable fours, some, like a blind, crazy par five, really long par four, the fifth hole, up from the teeing from on top of the dunes, and then the seventh hole, you tee off with pretty much an iron, and then you go back up through the dune, up a hill to this little green that's tucked between two dunes, and then go climb up to the top of the ninth tee, which is the ninth tee was voted the oh. best view in Scotland, which is a like a three minute walk up to this box, but you're rewarded with a view down to the 14th green, which is the punch bowl green. You get to see the 15th green, which is the totally blind par three. That the only time you get to see the green is really is from the top of that. Cruden Bay is that's my jam. Cruden Bay is my jam, and it's it's it, it, and we'll do kind of a. I don't want to do too much of a ranking, but like just below Old Course and Dornet, Cruden Bay sits right there for me. Yeah, I I agree with you. I thought. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it was certainly it's the, hard. It's just the most stunning one that you've seen. Right. It, it, it's hard. It's hard um, to paint the picture verbally. It is. I'm not, yeah, I'm not as good a wordsmith as I need to be. And it's hard to it's hard to match up. You know, a lot of the. A lot of the courses that we played, I think, you know, the not even necessarily like the architecture, but just kind of like the the shot values or the the strategy of playing the courses kind of takes the forefront. You know, the visuals are kind of stay the same throughout because the land is so flat that, you know, I think we all kind of said it at some point during the trip that you get, you basically get kind of numb to the fact that you're playing all of this golf right next to the ocean. And it's, you, you basically can you see the ocean guilty. on every yeah, hole yeah. and uh cruden bay was the one that you just kept it just like kept upping the ante throughout you know with with the views and um the views almost probably take away from what i thought were still like some really great golf holes i'll be the dissenting voice here i didn't i I didn't really care for cruden bay all that much i thought the views were great obviously the the burn the way the burn snakes across the fairway and everything on 13 like there was there were some great features to it um, and maybe part of it was I felt the conditioning was a little bit uneven, um, where it was in great shape, but I felt like the greens were just totally overwatered, um, to where you couldn't really, you know, you would, you would run the ball up, but then it would just kind of stop there. And like there, the 15th hole is this kind of coffin, is that 14 or 15? 14's, the, 14 the like ball. this coffin punch bowl thing. That's like one of the coolest holes that we played on the entire trip, but it didn't play properly because you couldn't, like you couldn't land it short. It would just 
stop and like you had to basically fly it all the way to where your intended target was. So um, I wanted to like Cruden Bay more than I did, I think. Yeah, I, I, I like think all I that's didn't, fair. I didn't think the architecture matched up with the piece of land. Yeah, I, I certainly can understand that. I think when I think of golf courses and my uh, how I kind of rank them, I tend to favor courses that are more that I would like to play every day. Uh, and which tend to be maybe easier walks, uh, little smaller pieces of property. And I think Cruden Bay is more of a course that, you know, I'd like to play once a quarter. Uh, it's almost like the the really nice expensive sports car you keep in the garage and you might take it out on, on a nice weekend for, you know, a little drive. Um, so I, I certainly understand where you're coming from. It, it's I, it, For me, it's not the course I would want to play every day, but – Man, it is. I'm I'm very glad we got out there, and it certainly didn't disappoint um, for for playing at that. And one I think time. it's all. This is all, you know, keeping in perspective too. Like I, would I rather play Cruden Bay than just about any other course in the state of Florida? Absolutely. You know, it, it's it's all relative. Um, and I think your comment is more related to the conditioning too. And they had mentioned they had watered the greens, especially for the competition that they have this this coming week. And they had it, the greens and run up areas were playing softer. But I think it also your your commentary it's fair, but it speaks to just how fortunate we were to yeah. get the conditions at so many other places. And, and I felt like there were more weak holes out there than at some of the other holes as well, or at some of the other courses. I think as the well. finishing stretch was left a lot to be desired, like seventeen, yeah. eighteen. I don't know. Fair yeah. to say, probably the weakest. Like the Viking burial ground or whatever was cool on seventeen. Right. You know. I yeah. Just, I, I don't know. I guess I, I, I think I disagree. I uh, definitely disagree. But <laughs> I, uh, fine, but yeah. good. Yeah, and I don't even claim yeah. that I'm right. I might yeah. switch my. Own I, I hear what opinion. you're saying. That's that's cool. But Maybe I, I disagree. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I think that. Gosh, I think there were just like some really thrilling shots in there. Start, you know, like you said, starting with number three, that downhill part four was incredible i mean like you, you it's this bombs away drivable par, like blind drivable par four basically um mega blind as randy and i had a bit of a confusing <laughs> confusing ball issue uh and who was who uh number four the the par three was great number five the long par four was great six uh the kid ended up hitting it out of the blind par five burn there a little bit uh i don't know i just and then you get those back-to-back par threes on the on the backside that were crazy eight with the drivable part four another drivable part four that was phenomenal nine down the hill I'm, i by don't know drivable I, four you mean like 250 yards yeah yeah exactly and i i don't uh i i typically of the four of us probably have a harder time remembering a lot of the holes once we get done playing them and i gosh i mean i can sit here and rattle off all of them at Cruden Bay. I just thought it was so fun. Usually the criticism of Cruden, Cruden Bay comes at the number of blind shots and the extreme nature of the blind shots. And they, they do a good job of kind of explaining it in the yardage book and when they talk, and, you know, talking to Les and the starter and whatnot, preparing you for it and understanding that when these cor- this course was built, it was not built with bulldozers and the use of the dunes was kind of uh, old, old Tom Morris and Tom Simpson were the, the designers uh, of the course in that they were using that as their hazards and their architectural feature of it. And that was common in courses built in this time period was that you had a lot of blind shots and you just, See, I love, like, I yeah. love that element of it. I thought like I was, I was yeah. prepared based on everything that Les said, everything that you had said that, you know, I was going to dislike 15 and 16 and those were two of my favorite holes out there. Um, but 
I guess my criticism would just be it was it felt a little bit more like the the course and the layout, not the club, but like the course and the layout felt more maybe impersonal. Like it wasn't as warm and fuzzy. It wasn't. It's just big. It's, it's just, just a huge scale. Yeah. 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 And I think that's that's just personal preference. And that's I, yeah. I, that was the point I was trying to make. Like especially playing it the round after Ely, which I think is on the other side of the spectrum, where it's kind of intimate and. Yeah, it has some scale. Like I, I don't know. Gosh, I'm having a tough time putting this into words. But yeah, it's just, it's just big. I, I like things a little bit more intimate. I guess. I just think it's interesting. You guys hated it. That's, <laughs> that's interesting to me. Yeah, I would, I would rank it in my probably bottom, the bottom half of the courses that we played, and probably the top. 20 courses you've ever played. Ever played. I would, <laughs> exactly. yeah, I would yeah. be thrilled if I could play it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. 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 Any and all criticisms have to be met through the lens of yeah. legitimately you have to – inherently there has to be a bottom half of the yeah. courses that you played. And it's I, I'd find – I definitely have no problem with that. And I think it is totally a personal preference thing. The first time I played some of these blind holes, I had trouble with them. And I, I still – the sixth hole bothers me a little bit. I just can't – visually picture that one but the 15th i've grown to actually love the blind part three around the dune is it's nutty it's absolutely nutty but it's it's actually really cool so yeah i'm in i'll totally in on cruden bay um but i think that the day really turned when we went from cruden bay up to cullen which was a course that shit uh, the drive up to cullen was fantastic you go through banff uh you go through kind of all these towns and is it more moray or uh, Murray is Murray. how the locals pronounce yeah. it. It's yeah. spelled more like a moray eel. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you're kind of, you know, you're up on kind of this northern firth there. And uh, Fraserboro's over there as well. And But yeah, the drive up was just like, all right, we're going to a little bit more remote part of Scotland here. And, um, and yeah. So we're trying as best as we can to kind of talk about the different classes of courses that we've played. And, and you know, are there any similarities? There is nothing like Cullen that any of us, I think, have ever seen in our lives. In that it's a 4,000-yard par 63 golf course that legitimately, it's, it's, uh, it's old Tom Morris, correct? And correct. it is yeah. like he, it was, I, don't, I don't know every single course he designed, but I would say the boldest he's ever designed. It's like, all right, here's a big, huge, mungus rock. <laughs> Let's have you play over this for this par three. And, and they're like, they're rock. They're rock features and formations, like these red rocks that look like they're like they wouldn't be out of place in Colorado yeah. or Arizona. Um, and you, it, and it's the sh- it's the shortest true links course in the world. Is it okay? Too. So it's got all the characteristics of a true links. Um, but again, you walk off and you don't think I just played a four thousand yard course. Like I just hit how many three irons did I no, just it's, hit? No, it's how many? a lot. I mean, it's it's a par 63 but it's just because it, there's a lot of par threes you know all yeah. the holes are full length there's like 230 know, 240 yard par threes yeah exactly uh that was i mean it was like that was a paradigm shifter for me I, I, that was the course that i walked around with the biggest smile on my face i mean it was just every shot was so incredibly fun and we played with george who's the kind of the gm slash greenskeeper slash uh just kind of local legends i think two-time club champ so had kind of a uh like a ben crenshaw type of club championship run you know one one when he was younger and then kind of a fluker one later so george is from cullen originally it's it's this old fishing town of about a thousand people up on the coast and all the fishing is kind of consolidated into another port now 
Um, and there's a you know there's an old railway that runs through and everything. And, and they had badass uh, aqueducts. Yeah, oh my God. running through town. Yeah, and and so it's this sleepy old kind of resort town now. And um, so George lives down in Aberdeen and drives up three times a week. And he's kind of the head. He's like the head of the Greens Committee. They maybe have a hundred, hundred and fifty members, and he's it's basically a labor of love for him. Like they they have two they have two guys to take care of the golf course, and he comes up and he's retired now. He's got he's got two kids, and and basically uh, goes out and mows the fairways and keeps this place running. And just his passion for the game, like I think he thought we were messing with him at yeah. first. <laughs> when we, yeah, when, yeah, we kept when, saying how much we liked the golf yeah. holes, and he, he was like very skeptical and like. I, God, are these guys like? <laughs> is, are these guys making fun of me? Yeah. They're like, no, this is yeah, phenomenal. That, yeah, that was one of the more invigorating. That was possibly the most invigorating round I've ever played. Yeah, I and mean, it was just every shot. Like you get, you play the first hole, which is kind of whatever. It's just you know the greens are kind of shitty. And well, I was just gonna say before know. we even start describing the holes, just get rid of every preconceived notion you have about a golf course, about any following any normal routing, or about the length holes the holes should be, or holes should crisscross, or anything like that. Imagine just a field full of tees and greens and a few hazards here and there and just what you would imagine to be a really random route through all of these holes. That's like what this place With is With gigantic like. rocks strewn about. <laughs> well, and and like, then like four holes up on this awesome cliff. Yeah. The second hole goes up this sheer like cliff face. It was like 130 Long. yards. Picture the most and uphill shot you've ever had. You had a 15-foot tall flag like pin like up it, there it feels like you hit it onto the beach and you have to hit it back up onto the golf hole basically it's like the yeah. the, the second hole so th- this is first of and all we played with abbreviated bags we should probably mention yeah, that. yeah we played so with six clubs the mindset was hey let's grab six clubs it's you know 4,500 yards um certainly no need to haul our whole bag around uh so we were kind of going in with with a six. casual kind of mindset yeah, and that's clubs is harder than you'd think too, which we learned. Yeah, I, I would say that this is the ultimate spot that that bag tag Barry is going to be skipping, which is where the glaring uh, our our glaring differences will show up the most. I think this is if you're going to Scotland to just you know check the boxes and just try to you know really play the who's who of of golf courses, you're probably going to skip Cullen, and that would be a, a travesty. Mistake. Yeah, <laughs> because it is first of all, it's it's kind of right perfectly halfway between Cruden Bay and Royal Dornick basically mm-hmm. is that is that right and mm-hmm. there was a phenomenal looking hotel perched right up on the cliff that I would love to camp like out for a while the Dolphin Inn I believe uh I can't remember what it was called the uh, Dolphin Inn it's the hotel there yeah it's yeah, the hotel <laughs> yeah but it overlooks the golf course and overlooks the ocean uh but it, it is the absolute perfect place to stop on your way between those two and it, it I mean I just don't know how you can have much more fun playing. Well, and it's playing kind of there. The, I mean, it's just God. The, it was so good. The course is. I think George was saying it gets maybe ten thousand rounds a year, which you know maybe a couple thousand from visitors. Like it's really you know not a whole lot of people stop there, and it's the kind of course where you know there's not going to be like it's not going to exist in five or ten years unless they get a little bit more traction going through there. And I'm you know I'm legitimately like man, if we can if we can get people going through there and giving them a little bit more resources. Like if they touch that place up a little bit, it could be, and that's part of its charm is it's a little bit rough around the edges. But at the same time, if you could, you know, if George had the resources to bring it up to a certain level on the greens and stuff, it could be. Yeah. 
and that's yeah. what providing some context like it's it's not there's not a ton of like great nuance to the green contours or amazing bunkers to play around it is just like legitimately some of the most screwily fun golf shots like legit like we got up to the top and i asked george there's like this green that sits at this at the at this rock in this like little rock swell around these huge cliffs and i was like George, is that? Are we about to play over like, rocks to get to that green? He's like, "Oh yeah, like, that's that's <laughs> like the signature." And you hit this yeah. shot. I mean, it couldn't be more blind, but you're playing over this. I don't even know how to describe this rock to this this green that you have no visual on at all, and it's awesome. It's so much fun. Yeah, like, if you if you want to go and just hit wild ass zany shots, and you know, be able to say that you shot in the '60s, and you know, just have a really good time. Like, you, it's you probably one of the best cross country courses. Yeah, yeah. Oh. like you could go oh, out yeah. there with. You go out there and be, like I, I I almost want to do an NLU event out there and just go out there and and play a hundred holes and everybody like the winner of each hole just makes up the next hole. Yeah, yeah. Randy, you you had a goal of breaking eighty. You succeeded. Oh, rocked them, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Big ego boost. Um, I think Tron and DJ. I think the tee shot on the ninth par three was like among your favorite shots. On the whole trip, yeah, it was what probably like a two hundred and twenty yard uh, par three, and you're playing kind of downhill straight back to the ocean. Wind was coming off the ocean a bit, and so it, the whole thing kind of banks, banks hard left to right. And so Tron and I, you know, we're playing with our six clubs. I forget you had like a hybrid. I think I had a three iron, and you just you can't fly it there. So you're basically just saying, all right, I'm going to try to punch run a three iron up this bank and just kind of hope it runs out and it. Both of them did. I mean, it's just, God, it's just so fun. So fun. And then we get into the, cl- so first of all, we did a composite course of all the courses, like of all of our favorite holes. You know, the first, the, our favorite first hole, our favorite second hole, all that. Colin which had, get to. yeah, Colin had two holes, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, but then, then we go into the clubhouse afterwards. It's a really cool clubhouse. It doesn't look like much on the outside. And you get in there and it's, you know, all this old wood and, and, uh, and George's wife was in there. And, and yeah, and we're, we're asking her if she plays at all. She's oh, not not really anymore. Turns out she's won the club championship there seventeen times. <laughs> yeah, I think eighteen, not a shorter one, and yeah. including a run of eleven out of twelve years uh, in eight in a row, I believe. Yeah, just just ignorant stats. Uh, Mrs. Finley, I think, broke her run. It was <laughs> tragically. Yeah. I think um, she was having they, a kid that a, year, though, right? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. They have a pool table right there when you walk in. There's just, you know, some locals hanging out, having a drink. It's right on the beach. Like, it's, if there's one thing, if there's one entity in golf that I want to support and get it to thrive, it would be Colin Golf Club. Yeah, it's it was phenomenal. I'm so it pumped. Was, That's already my favorite episode of the Travel Series. Yeah. It's going to be a really good one. Yeah. And again, we I'm not sure we could have caught it under better conditions yeah, right. just with the light and the weather and, and but that was one too that even if you had 30 mile an hour winds the, the course is so short that that make it more fun yeah i, I mean you're you're not yeah. just getting beat up it's so wide open that you right. know i if if we were playing cruden bay or castle stewart or you know one of those on a on a day that you know people just get eviscerated by the wind and rain and stuff like that probably wouldn't be very fun playing cullen in horrible conditions probably would only make it Maybe not better, but it, yeah. it would still be a good time. And that sunset? Oh, wee. <laughs> um, all right. And then we hopped in the car. We put the put the the uh, top down on the convertible. 
drove went, and drove yeah, we over went over to what was it, like 15 minute drive over to Anstruther. Yeah. And oh no, oh. we forgot about Anstruther. No, that was after Ely. We went to Anstruther. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> we had some chippy. Yeah, it's a bit of a wee chippy down there in Anstruther. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my bad. My bad. That's great. Just the best yeah. fish and chips in the UK, <laughs> according to them. Yeah. It so, was phenomenal. Which was good. Certainly the best that we had. Oh yeah, we drove up to Elgin. We go, drove to Elgin to, and we stayed at this place, St. Michael's Guest House, which that was the night we went to the wild uh, Indian restaurant. Yeah, wasn't the it? Spice Tandoori. Yeah, which was in an old cathedral, yeah. <laughs> like a giant cathedral, uh, and it was an Indian restaurant. It was and we cool. asked them what it was prior, and they're like, it was a nightclub. Ori- originally, they're. <laughs> Yeah, like, it was well, originally it was yeah. a nightclub. I'm like, yeah, originally I don't think it was a nightclub. <laughs> I was but. like fishing for the story. Like, how'd you guys get this from the church? Like, what was that process? Yeah. Like, he's like, oh, I don't know. It was a nightclub before this. <laughs> but yeah, ba- so basically driving, driving west along the Firth of of Murray, and uh, and we're we're driving and we're driving past all these Scotch distilleries, and you can see the mountains of the Highlands in the distance. And I mean, it's light till eleven, eleven thirty at night too. So that, that was one of the more enjoyable drives. Yeah, I've ever had. We yeah, we so we crashed there in Elgin, and then we woke up next morning and went out to Castle Stewart. So Castle St. Michael's Guest House was delightful. Oh, was, by the way, we were uh, only there for like six hours. But it was, it was very probably pretty. my biggest regret is not being able to stay for breakfast. Yeah, yeah we just had to I be agree. on the road too early. Yeah, um, and then we went up to Castle Stewart, which uh, is the only only course designed in this century that we played on this trip, and it was a two thousand two thousand nine, I believe, uh, Gil Hans design. There, um, Gil Hans did Wingfoot. He did do Wingfoot. <laughs> we're we're members. Uh, it is a four-minute drive from the Inverness Airport. There are planes taking off the entire time. They actually have like a like a shuttle service. They'll shuttle you from that airport to the golf course. And uh, it was a course that I think you know, playing so many old classic courses uh, on this trip, that it stands out in being very different from that and being a newer course. I think. Did you guys go into it at all with any preconceived notions or expectations that maybe you wouldn't like it? I wanted to hate the place. <laughs> I wanted to go in and just be like, this place stinks. It's a disgrace. And I ended up, it ended up being one of my favorite courses the whole trip. What made it so great? Uh, I mean, first of all, the land is just second to none. I mean, it's some of the best land. And the way that Hans used it and just such a light touch. I think there was so much nuance and so many subtle little features that especially around the greens some of the mounding and the grass bunkers and these little lips and um and really just i mean that that you know the second hole the third hole and then the back nine was just the back nine was probably one of the better nine hole stretches we played on the entire trip so but yeah i mean that place was you know and it didn't hurt that played with eight clubs and yeah we kept the half bag uh kept it going after the invigorating round at cullen which wound up in I think probably my best probably like my best round that I played I think was with that first round with the half bag at, at Castle Stewart. Um I just gosh, I I feel like I'm sounding like a, a bit of a broken record here, but I mean I just it I is that loved good. it. Yeah. It's so so good. And I I've I think I've been uh you know reading from the book of Gill for, for DJ for quite a while. Gil pretty hard. But it gosh it like look try to try to argue with any it's any hard. of that stuff out there it's i mean like you said le- the light touch is what is what sticks out to me i mean the whole thing is just it's so subtle but you can it, it's so subtle but if you look deeper at what you're at what he's doing i mean it's just it's so good it, there's so much it's so playable it's, it's so playable wide. for sure and it, it just almost kind of 
not that it tricks you into feeling like it's harder than it is, uh, but kind of, if, if that makes sense. Like, it's welcoming. The greens yeah. are receptive, welcoming. Not that they're not firm, but they, 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 you can use some slopes to get to them, and they're big complexes. And So Mark Parsonen is the uh, is the developer of, of Castle Stewart as well, was the developer of Kingsbarns. So Kyle Phillips did Kingsbarns, I think, in 2002, was a roaring success. So Parsonen saw this land. I, I don't know the, the true sequence there, but engaged uh, hands to design this course. And they have a formula, and it works. Like, it is it is a golf course that is a great blend of kind of more American style and is kind of designed for an American tourist to come to go play there, as well as traditional Scottish style, uh, Scottish layout and links play, how the ground plays and you know, the, the third hole that drive before is just, it's a world-class hole. It's so cool is how it sits back there against the, against the Firth. And in the fourth, you turn around and hit right back at Castle Stewart, which is, of course, named after. Um, and it's just a modern marvel, I think it's fair to say. And, and I enjoyed it even more this time around than I did the first. And I think that uh, it's, 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 it holds up really well in comparison to Kings Barnes. And I'd love to see Kings Barnes in these conditions. But to me, walking off that one, I was like, okay, I think I may put Castle Stewart ahead of Kings Barnes in five. A lot of it, um, especially like 10 and 11, when you make the turn, you play the, you know, the, that really cool par four against the water and then the, the short three, the short three, uh, you know, right along the water too. I think a lot of that reminded me, and people get triggered when this course comes up for whatever reason, but a lot of that reminded me of like Whistling Straits, I thought, but it, just not as manufactured and, and obviously a little more natural feeling uh, than that, but... Again, it was it was like Cruden. I thought Cruden Bay and and Castle Stewart were probably the most similar for me. You know, going back to your your question from the beginning of the the first podcast, I, I just every shot out there was phenomenal. And I think that that was the one. You know, Bag Tag Berries definitely playing yeah. Castle Stewart and for good definitely reason. should for good reason. It's, yeah, it's so good. I think it's so it's probably pricier. It's it's you know it's more. It, it's higher on that end of the spectrum. It's it's a little bit more of a luxury kind of feel, certainly coming af- after Cullen as well. <laughs> uh, but I mean, if you're if you're looking to go but over no it, less spend the money, it's either. worth it. Yeah, right. Like it didn't feel snooty or anything like that. It felt like you were. I mean, it felt like being at at, at a place like Bandon. Yeah. No. And they do have. It is a pricier place. I think it's around 190 pounds to play, but they have a 36 hole deal. Where basically, your 36, your second round is something like 60 or 70 pounds. So for two rounds, you get it around 260 pounds, if I remember right, uh, which is a, which is a, I think a, a very fair deal considering the piece of land and all that. The and par fives were among the best we played. Yeah. I think it. Yeah. That that being the modern course, it definitely had the best par fives of any course we played. And again, we talk about mixing variety into planning out an itinerary and variety in some of the true oldest courses in the world and also the new ones. Like there's a reason why these new ones are successful, why they keep building them. There's going to be, we're going to talk a little bit about that. There's going to be a new one built up, uh, up near Dornick here as well soon. And there's a reason they keep building them because these guys keep knocking it out of the park. And again, I was concerned going into it as to what you guys might think of it and uh, what I would think of it the second go around. And I, I enjoyed it even more again. The short fours were insane that third the 14th hole there Nine, is 14 one of my favorite golf holes honestly it is like a 16 should be a, i don't i'm not architecture expert but like that is like a perfect example like a center line bunker it's a short hole and if you want to go right of that bunker there's more space but you are going to be blo- protected by mounds that guard the flag whereas if you play to the tighter part of the left side of the fairway you'll have the angle into the green if you go long with a wedge you it's like the steepest 
the steepest slope behind that green, and it's a place you're going to make bogeys from. It is just some so many great little elements like that in a, in a hole that looks may look to the eye like a very simple hole, but there's just layer upon layers to it. The so. views are crazy. Oh God! You see Inverness in the background and the the Cassock Bridge and you know the Highlands on the yeah. other side of the bridge. It, it's really cool. That Brandy. course got me extra amped up to see. Uh, Pinehurst number four. Yeah. Also, after uh, going around there in the early stages and kind of seeing, it's weird how the land sort of felt similar. I mean, it couldn't be more more different landscapes, <laughs> but the movement on the land felt felt pretty similar. And just, I don't know, Gil's really good. I'm, I'm amped. Randy, what'd you think of Castle Stewart? Yeah, it was good. I I I I think it was probably the one I was least looking forward to for a lot of same reason as Tron. Um, but it it's just really nice. I mean. Tremendous shot value. Uh, I think you definitely, like you guys said, you definitely know it's a new course, right? Like you're not. They're any, not trying to trick you. Yeah, yeah. At no time are you thinking yeah. like, oh, it's an old links course. No, it's 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 a new course. But, yeah, exceedingly fair, very playable. Um, you know, I, I think, like you said, that, that fourth hole kind of going, hitting back to Castle Stewart through like a, a narrow corridor was one of my favorite uh, views on the trip. You played your ass off on the back. Yeah, it didn't hurt. I I, I think I went out in forty seven. I was God, I was so tired. Um found something and shot thirty six coming in, even par. And with legitimately a of- should have been like a thirty four. I, I missed a couple <laughs> of like three foot putts. Um a couple ladies putting club swipes coming yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. So I mean certainly that doesn't hurt uh, my impression, but I, I've never played whistling straight, but I think I like that. Comp- like it just feels like that type of play. Like it feels like you're almost on Lake Michigan. Um, and I think you're, you're in that, you know, the, whatever the cove is there that, that it sits on, you know, so you're not getting like the rolling ocean waves. Like you get in a lot of the other right. courses. It's just very, and granted there was not much wind when we played it, but it just, it feels very still and kind of, serene it's, yeah. it's just uh, clubhouse was cool really, too clubhouse was awesome uh, just like great food yeah uh, just yeah. looked like it a lot of that, that's the cool thing and, and you kind of mentioned it is that you know a lot of these i have not uh been to king's barns but so i don't know how it kind of handles that but a lot of these newer courses you can either go one of two ways you can either try to make it kind of ultra modern and and ultra um you know kind of you make it feel like it's new or you can try to manufacture it into making it feel like it's much older than it is and try to trick people and i don't think it does either it, it kind of knows its place and it doesn't try to do too much and i just i think that's really cool moving on we went down the road about 20 minutes or so back to uh nairn nairn golf club there which is a little bit east of Ca- of uh of castle Stewart there and east of uh inverness back to more of the traditional club old old golf course i think 1887 or so is the uh what's on our pin flag here um and a course that I got to, I got, was fortunate enough to play last year and was had a great experience out there and was more blown away by the archive room afterwards, which we'll get to. But uh, we're, again, back to a classic course, a very flat course that sits by the seaside um, and is, again, very different than a lot of the other courses that we play. I don't know what the best comparison is to Nairn, but uh, what was your guys' takeaway from our afternoon at Nairn? It's, uh, this is a weird one for me. <laughs> Walking off the course... I felt like it's it's obviously a, a great course. Like it, it's just it's exactly what a Lynx test should be. Um, 
I, I think the bunkering and the strategy is subtly among the most interesting. Uh, I don't think I hit the ball well enough to really get that full experience. Um, like, yeah, I can think I want to, oh, I want to do this, but it's like, yeah, uh, the execution's <laughs> probably going to be something else entirely. It's the course, though, since I've been back where it's like, it's just keeps growing on me. Um, I, I think it's right there with Ely and North Berwick. And like, if I could play a course every day, um, it'd be Nairn, North Berwick, and Ely, one of those three. Um, just, just a very straightforward links golf experience. And that's why I think walking off of it, I almost felt like it was a little too straightforward. You know, I just, I, I, we had heard a lot of really, really, really good stuff going in and I was kind of not disappointed that that's definitely not the right word, but just, it doesn't uh, wow. Uh, it, yeah. It was, it felt a little underwhelming walking off. Yeah. But then like you're saying, Randy, I mean, I think. Like I've kind of thought about that one more and more and more as since we've been home than a lot of the others, and it's mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, oh man, you know that hole was really cool, and that was oh, I'd like to play that again. I'd like to like, and so I, I could for sure see it in that that everyday course category. And it, I've yeah, it's weird how much I've I've liked it a lot more since I've left than than when and I was let alone the clubhouse, it. which I think we'll get to here in, in in just a couple seconds. I mean that for the for the clubhouse and the vibe alone, I mean it's it's kind of worth being your everyday course. Um, Thought it was really scorable. I mean, I I didn't play all that well, but I thought as a as far as the other layouts that we played, I thought it was the course that you could probably go the lowest on. Um, yeah, I think it was just all in front of you. Yeah, I mean, it was just very you said it hit the shot. Yeah, it was very like, clear what the avoid this was. bunker. Yeah, and yeah, which I think coming off of you know Cruden Bay and Castle Stewart and and Cullen and you know all these places where we had all these blind shots and we had all this different stuff. Uh, you know, that is probably what made it feel a little underwhelming. Whereas if it was the first course we played, I probably would have said, oh, wow, that that's Lynx Golf. I'm in. This was this was what a delight. Right. I so think that probably my own fault. Biggest takeaway for me was how, how rumpled and just bumpy the fairways were in a good way. I mean, it was, there was so much natural little, you know, variations in them that um, to the point where it was, it was so dry, but you could see where the water collected at the bottom of each of these little yeah, these the sprinkler heads and stuff. Yeah. Little, it was really cool. Um, probably the coolest halfway house I've ever seen. Oh, <laughs> Which was closed. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. It was, what was about? It was like the. Maybe 6 p.m. on a Friday, where were we, I think. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I it's was. It's like the one place I wanted to have a pint. Yeah. It is yeah, it was probably a, the best. An old it's barn a, with kind of like the grass roof. Uh, yeah, it was just. Like a thatch roof almost. Really, really thatch cool. Looking. Yeah. There were a couple holes that weren't you know they were probably my least favorite of the trip um same same for me um <laughs> yeah solly talk about your round a little oh bit out there we, we didn't get into a lot of like you know blow by blow what we shot but i i would say it's kind of worth getting into uh solly's round a little <laughs> bit here well i was i had gotten hot and uh i was i was i had a five foot birdie putt on the 11th hole to go to five under par and I lipped it and uh, got to the 13th tee, still sitting at four under par. I eagled the 15th hole, uh, and I shot two over par total for the day. Sick. <laughs> it was the worst collapse in, uh, that I've ever had. I made three doubles coming in. I think I bogeyed the other two holes. Um, and I don't, mega, I don't it was mega sick. afraid to go low. Oh, I'm yeah. terrified to go low. Absolutely terrified. 
Um, but I, I, I love Nairn in that in that the what you mentioned about the bunkering. There's so many bunkers out there that it's like, God, that is the exact place I would love to bail out. And the way they structure the fairway bunkers, it's like, all right. All right, you got to. If you want to get past these two bunkers, all right, you're going to need more club to do that. So that puts three one in play, and that's going to bring in this long left bunker. If you if you pull one, but if you go down the right side of that, then you you're going to be safe. But that's also the worst angle at the hole. And like that fifth hole there is a little dog leg to the left, and uh, it's got a bunker that protects the left side of it. And the closer you play to that bunker, the much better angle you have into that green. And it is just like a, a master class in just execute the shot. Just like hit the shot, pick the right club, and execute the shot that you need. And it might be five iron off the tee. It, I think I hit I hit three iron on the par five on the front because I didn't want to try to hit a, a drive, like driver into that shape of a fairway because it runs out into the long rough. And it just is the most – It was a, it's exhilarating shot-by-shot shot golf course to me to – to position yourself and to avoid the traps and you can score if you do that. And I think that's what makes it really fun. I don't think it's the most challenging, but like if you don't execute shots out there, it will reject you. And it's it <laughs> half the day I, I dominated it and the other half it kicked my ass. And it's, uh, that's, you, you can see why it'd be I, such a good club course in that regard, yeah. because you know, if you have, if you have a plus one going up against a, a 15, you know, you can handicap it really well so that those two can have a really fun match against each other. There's not a lot of shots at the 15 just doesn't have a prayer of, of hitting or, or whatever, you know. It's, it's yeah, the more I think about it, the more I, 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 I get it. I tripled one. And it's like, Sick. I don't think I hit a bad shot. It was like a blackout triple. Yeah. Like, what just that was happened? Like, my like first I, five holes. I guess that's a, one frustration. I guess that's a seven. <laughs> was, it was one of the few courses where we didn't, like, they didn't have a, um, like, a hole location sheet and it was the one course where there was so much deception and so much you know like so much messing with your depth perception that you had to like i had no idea what my yardages were into a lot of those i thought the book otherwise like had had we had a pin sheet in addition to the the course book that was one of the better yardage books yeah yeah, it was was a fantastic yardage but yeah probably the best probably the course i'd most maybe one or two like ranked one or two as far as the course i'd most want to be a member at yeah because the hang afterwards was crazy good. out of this world we had such good i mean we we played just the four of us we didn't necessarily have hosts but the the sean burgess the assistant pro there and sharpie who's they're going to be heavily featured here in our video and they showed us around the archive shout out finley too finley, finley yeah. as well yeah he's uh, a really good talented young player there he's that, got goat goat in training i think yeah. all over him. um got to hang in of course in the archive room we're not going to i broke it down on the podcast last year we have a bunch of video from it it's just they they preserve the history of that club amazingly well and it is one of the coolest hangs, and uh, I, I said it last year, my goal in some ways to record a podcast from that room. I think we kind of missed the opportunity because that was a really good one, but we didn't want to lug podcast equipment over there. But uh, that is kind of the club, and I think Bacon, Bacon and I talked about joining there, and I think they said he just did just join. Uh, and We had set uh, Wyatt, our, our boy Wyatt up to go play over there, and he it, the day ended with him joining and becoming an overseas member at Nairn because he fell in love with that place so much. So. It is kind of the place that is it is weird, like hard to describe. Like the golf course itself does not blow you away, but there's something about the vibe of that place that does stick with you. Like Randy and DJ, what you guys are saying is the more you've thought about mm-hmm. it, the more you really enjoyed that day. I kind of walked off a little bit un- underwhelmed by the course, and the more I thought about it, the more it's one of the few courses like I really I want to I want another crack at it yeah. because I like I, I want to go out there and play around when I'm fresh and go out and see what kind of score yeah. I can shoot. Yeah. At this point of the trip, we are starting to get wound down Again, a little bit. <laughs> old Tom, but with James Braid, uh, 
heavily influenced in as well. Yeah, I thought the close, like starting on fourteen, the downhill part three, that really messed with your mind, DJ. Um, <laughs> I, I thought there were some really underrated holes there down the stretch. I thought fourteen was excellent. Uh, Fifteen, a little short four, and then um, sixteen, the road hole. I thought was really good with the burn there and the bunkering yeah. kind of um you know 75 80 yards short or i guess a little closer to that to the green but really made you think about that approach shot and what you wanted to do um yeah gosh i i keep talking about it and thinking about it, it just keeps getting better for me naren <laughs> naren fox i'll say it yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm in on naren big time um, all right, wrapping up that day, we then drove up about an hour uh, to Dornick. Uh, we stayed at the Royal Golf Hotel there in Dornick, which couldn't be closer to the first tee, I think. Uh, <laughs> also couldn't be better. Couldn't that be better. the best. It was the best place. I, I, I think it's my favorite hotel I've ever stayed in. It, it was ever. Anywhere. incredible. We, we checked in, and I think we checked in at like 1130 at night, and coming off like an hour drive, you know, played 36 holes tired but like gosh how good does a does a beer sound right now and ask the lady at check-in like hey how is the bar closed how, how late are they serving over there she's like yeah you know they just kind of serve until the last person isn't standing anymore uh, <laughs> so we're like sweet so we went over there the, the kind of the the night shift guy happily served us four beers and you know like no sense of like you're putting me out by you know making me stay late or anything it was just we were able to go have a proper pint and which I was like okay this is going to be nice beer wise we talk about uh, tenants with a oh, lime, yeah, yeah. A lime cordial. Shout out Simon. Uh, yeah, Simon Hold at North Barrick turned you guys onto the the tenants with the lime cordial, yeah. the fancy boy tenant. So <laughs> lime cordial is like it's like a, a Scottish like a Bud Light lime. Yeah, it's like a carbonated <laughs> lime soda that you just add to the beer to just kind of cut uh, a little bit of the the taste and just makes it super refreshing in the summer but it tenants was was the go-to but it also played well in uh carling sure um so (laughs) the hotel itself i mean it's it's really really nice but nothing like over the top about it it's got still that same kind of scottish quaintness to it and best bathrooms yeah it feels more like a house than it does like a hotel still and beautiful little breakfast the best the best service was the best dinner slash like i think they called it the conservatory that room i could I could spend my remaining days in that room, just <laughs> yeah. like living in there. That is the place to stay, I think, in Dornick. We would all agree. Um, woke up and made the drive up about 20, 25 minutes to Brora, um, which is, uh, you know, it was cool to kind of talk to those guys up there and, and hear from them that they are having a great summer, that they've get, they're getting a lot of visitors up there. It's it's kind of past the point of being uh, the hidden gem, I think, too, and a lot of people know about it. And I don't think it's getting overrun. It's definitely not to the North Barrick status yet, I wouldn't say. Uh, but it's about, I mean, aside from, you know, the courses that are, you know, the North Coast 500, which is it's going to be a whole different topic that we cover. It's usually about as far north as most people go to play golf. It's as far north as I've been to play. So I, I know there's other courses north of there, but uh, it kind of feels a bit like the edge of the earth up there. And it's just a wild, wild golf course where sheep and cattle roam free and there's wool in the fairways and uh, the, the tradition is on the 18th hole you tee your ball up on wool as you play the 18th <laughs> hole which we definitely invented that tradition. By tradition, yeah, you mean we, we invented it. Um, well, the greens are all protected by little electric fences well there was some debate on whether they were actually electric fences until you guys uh we didn't of... think so at first but there there's definitely a there's charge some in some of that. <laughs> yeah 
it's like wrong. getting it's like getting shocked. Yeah. Um, it's a, again. It's not, li- it's not like getting shocked. <laughs> it is getting shocked. A, uh, another James Braid course. Um, Goat. Sixty-two hundred yards, but played a lot longer. They than were the that. best yeah. greens I thought we played on yeah. the entire. Club, we got they lucky. Was, it was, they were the fastest, truest greens we played. We got lucky. It was club championship week. I think they had the place was just pristine. Based on what? Which I think the club championship went out in a two ball, like the group ahead of us. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> they quickly left us behind. Um, based on everything Sally had said and just everything I'd read about it, I was just thinking, all right, this place is going to be raw and rugged and like kind of unkept and and i was blown away at how kind of how well maintained it was and yeah i was definitely thinking it'd be scruffy yeah i think it's up there for my top you know like it was a wild ass piece of land but it was actually a really easy walk yeah which that's like the best of both worlds yeah they've i don't know if i was just up. tired i thought it was kind of a hard walk especially <laughs> coming in yeah yeah They've stepped their game up when it comes to conditioning. That course was in much better shape this go-around than it was last year. I mean, obviously much more brown and, and, and kind of the ideal way they'd want to play it. The greens were infinitely better than I remember it from a year ago. Um, but, I, yeah, it, it's it's a really – I always I just have trouble on that course with my sight lines off the tee. It's a little bit unnatural with sight lines off the tee. There's not distinctive – Well, they had a great that, – that this goes for every course that you're going to play over there. Spend, you know – five dollars and and buy a yardage book for yeah for all of these places because they had these great well they had these great yeah we'll get there in a minute they had these great photos in there with kind of like here's your sight line because otherwise without that i would have been completely hosed pro there did it himself yeah he was he was phenomenal too yeah brar i think from everything i heard and read and whatever had kind of this reputation of almost i kind of worried it was going to be almost like gimmicky with like oh you know this is the place with the sheep and it was there was absolutely no gimmick yeah. about it. It was just a fantastic golf course. It's a big boy golf the course. The movement yeah. in the fairways and like just the the mounding, everything was the best I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, it's it's comparable. It reminded me a lot of Macrohanish too. Like it, it I thought Macrohanish was better conditioned last year when, than Brewer when I played it, but this the conditioning matched up a lot with uh, with what I experienced at Macrohanish. Uh, and it's it, it's so much fun. It really is. I was a little disappointed there was no plaque on the 14th hole <laughs> to commemorate history, um, alleged history. Alleged uh, history. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The mega – seeing how blind that par 4 is and now hearing about your hole in one of the par 4. There's nothing to be proud of. <laughs> Look, it's disgusting. Hole. It's, you know – no, I, I don't know. that. And then the fact – so we get up to the hole – and, and then Solly hits five iron. Off I hit three iron off of it. Complete disgrace. <laughs> well, there were other factors at play. We we tried to let a couple groups go through, thinking that we'd let like this one group go through, and then we could throw the drone up. We weren't going to hold anybody up. Turns out it was all stacked up with two balls, so we ended up waiting there for quite a while. Things started moving very quickly. After that, as we tried to shoehorn our way back in, and it, it was just, it was like, into the I wind, yeah, yeah. And there was a group up on the green, like there was no reason to try to blast driver. Yeah. So two takeaways for me: the 18th hole, probably the worst 18th hole we played. It's not great. Which it's like know. an impossible par three. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, with that, that was wind, it was straight up hill. Yeah. And then, um, but shout out to Malcolm the uh the merch in that shop you wouldn't think it'd be oh. a great like that was i was really disappointed in the merch at some of the other shops but this one you wouldn't think that this course that far north that doesn't do as many rounds uh would have like i was looking for a good vest and they had choices galore yeah so they have many vesting options yeah yeah, yeah. fully Sh- vested shout out to the listeners as well i think it was uh it was i think a pretty rewarding for us to hear from malcolm there that 
you know, they always ask the visitors, how'd you hear about us and whatnot? And then he said the number of people that had mentioned that they had heard about the course through our podcast was, that was a really kind of gratifying feeling for us. So appreciate everyone kind of same, same old true for Cruden Bay. And then, yeah. uh, the, um, the, our host at Crail actually called Solly out for, for his, uh, he was like, yeah, I quite enjoyed your review, but, uh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't quite like your conclusion that it was the, it was the course that you would, you would most skip on your, on your next trip. You got to put them, you got to rank yeah. them in some kind of order. I went back and read it. I stand by it. And uh, yeah, I just said like, if, if it's not the, it's not a must play course, I think that's a, that's a fair conclusion to reach, but uh, yeah, it's, it's weird to see that people are actually reading this stuff and, and listening. <laughs> so, uh, but no, it's, it brought obviously held a special place in my heart. Um, and it was really cool to get back there and see it and see how much the, honestly, it felt like a different place than the year before, how much, how great a condition it was in and, uh, how busy it was out there too. I mean, I felt, it felt like we were the only ones out there when we played a year ago and, and, uh, definitely felt different this time around. So. Wrapping up, final round, going back into town into Dornick. We had a 4.10 p.m. tea time on Saturday afternoon uh, and had a, uh, I think it's pretty safe to call it, just an overall spiritual experience. I mean, I... Uh, well, the, the spirituality was helped largely in part by the yardage book, I thought. Oh my the God. book of yardage, The book actually. of yardage. Is that fair to say? It's it's the craziest yardage book <laughs> I think I've come across. And I mean that, like I was kind of out at first, and now I'm like way in on it. Well, why don't you tell us about it? So here's here's just a quick sampling. Um, like on the uh, the sixth, which hole is it? No, that's not a good one. Uh, the seventh hole, uh, called Pier, which it says like approach, and it, so I like I thought every hole was called approach, but I realized <laughs> it's just the page showing the approach shot. That took me a little while to figure out. But they have these little write ups and about each hole, and so this is the write-up for the seventh um, at Royal Dornick. It says, A wide and straight fairway greets you, yet this hole is stroke index two. Sometimes it's when life appears straightforward that we find ourselves surprised by troubles. Who is it you turn to at such times? Now turn around and look behind you. Be stunned by the view. <laughs> it's just like these little, you know, uh, existential kind of hole previews but really like they ask you some pretty big questions about life <laughs> and it's like yeah man like I'm not prepared to answer well that. like yard like who cares about yardage like i need to be thinking <laughs> about like what makes me happy in life I, I just was completely in on the whole vibe of the the royal dornick uh yardage book book of yardage you know what makes me happy in life royal dornick <laughs> yeah it is i said this when we were playing i think it's about as close to a perfect golf course as you can get I think Old Course has a special kind of in its own class of its own of being just this incredibly unique experience and fantastic. But just in the class below it, I think I put Royal Dornick and in a class well above any of the other courses that we played on the trip. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it, it was you guys said this kind of about or, or I guess I think Zach said this when we were in Australia that. Zach know, Blair. Zach Blair. Thank you. Uh, all of the. Uh, all of the courses in Australia kind of, they all did something really good. Like Kingston Heath had great routing and, you know, uh, so-and-so had great bunkers and, and blah, blah, blah. But Royal Melbourne was the course that kind of all, you know, where all the, all the parts met and it just did all of those things exceptionally well. I think that was the Scottish version of this. Everything that we saw had great aspects to it. And we've mentioned, you know, a lot of them, but Royal Dornick just did literally everything 
probably better than anyone else. I mean, it was just, God, it was so impeccably good. Like, I don't know what you would improve. So our friend Wes Harden, Dr. Wes. Worldwide uh, Wes. Greenville, the kind of the godfather, along with GH, of, uh, of Wolfhammer. He is the club champion at Royal Dornick this year. He holds club championships on both sides of, of the Atlantic. It's a rare double. And um, really cool. he said before the round, he said, hey, if you guys, you know, if you guys can hit the green on all four of the par threes, that's pretty remarkable. And actually, Randy had it going. The pressure um, just got to him. Yeah. I hit the first two, and then I had a bit of a catastrophe at 10. <laughs> we will get to that. Which, yeah, there's video of that. Um, <laughs> but the, 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 like the, the, the course itself, I think we got, we got kind of a variety of different conditions throughout the day or throughout the afternoon um, to where, you know, at the end we had probably 25, 30-mile-an-hour winds straight into us at the end but where we had we had sunshine like we had wind at the beginning wind at the end we had sunshine in the middle a little bit of rain a little bit of rain it was great like it was everything that you know you kind of expect when you play scottish golf but um just the variety of holes out there and there was it was probably the most complete golf course i've ever played even above royal melbourne west conditioning too, like that that turf hitting off that turf i think was maybe the best i remember feeling wise compressing a ball off any kind of turf um and it, it is a lot of right to left holes which kind of which fits my eye i enjoy that but i think that's probably like the actual only criticism i can have of the golf course um it doesn't have a long par three it does not have a long par three number two certainly could yeah, yeah that's it depends what the wind is doing yeah yeah, yeah. um and uh they're actually they're they're renovate they're they're blowing up the seventh hole. They they're moving the green. They picked they lasered the green and picking up and moving it closer to the cliff edge and designing a whole new seventh hole that is gonna sit perched up above this this awesome stretch of holes that sits by the seaside, which in redesigning the eighth hole, which is this crazy hole where you hit off from a top shelf and hit down into this fair other fairway, it's gonna make put driver back in play on that hole. So the, the renovations to it actually look amazing and we got a chance to peek at those, but Man, I, that that golf course it just it in some way speaks to me, and I think just wrapping up the trip that way, coming home, there's no one else on that course. Like there was absolutely, we didn't see anybody else playing for like the last five or six holes. And there's bagpipes playing in the distance, <laughs> and our match was coming down to the final final few holes, and it was just that was like one of the legitimately. I'd say at minimum top five golf experiences I've had was coming down the stretch of that golf course. It's yeah, it's so cheesy, but it's like the intersection of mind, body, and like this spiritual um, the book of yardage feeling. <laughs> yeah, with the bagpipes and kind of having the course ourselves and the weather. Um, you know, going back to our like that's that's what I felt at Ely and again a little bit at Dornick, but it's just those experiences which. I'm glad we finished there. Yeah. Because I don't think playing another course after that uh, one, right. I don't think anything would have measured up. No. And there was a guy on Twitter who said, you know, he was kind of dogging it. And I was like, dude, like that, that's like the worst, the worst take you could possibly have. Like the, the course is nearly faultless. It really is, honestly. Ended. Luckily, you ended his life. <laughs> you kind of nuked him. <laughs> I did nuke him. I he think he was just act, asking for some more information. It was you like just a Skip Bayless terminator with him. No, like I think he said what curious like, what you liked about it so yeah, much. He was and like you just, really courteous. And too. you just terminated with him with extreme prejudice. Uh, we need to make it. We need come to send that Tron. guy a hat or something. Come at the Tron. You best not miss. <laughs> uh, it was it was an irresponsible take. 
Um, so yeah, that was that was uh, that was it for me. I was fine being done with playing golf after that. It was about as intense and uh, and enjoyable of an eight day stretch as you could possibly have. We got so much footage to comb through. It was from four a.m. to ten p.m. working working if you can call this work working every single day. But that is the most I've ever enjoyed Scotland from a condition standpoint, from a company standpoint. It was fun to do last year, but it wasn't the same without without having the crew there. So that was. Uh, Man, I know, that was it. I mean, I'm I'm kind of kind of good just detaching from golf here for a little bit. What a what did the book of yardage have to say about 18? Oh, the home a, hole. Yeah, thank you, thank you for bringing that to my attention. Uh, allow me for a reading from the book of yardage. It says, as you prepare to tee off, think of the number of people in the last 400 years who have stood where you are. Regardless of your round, be grateful for the energy to play and for the company and the scenery. Take a deep breath. Swing slow and true and give thanks for the exercise of body, mind, and spirit. It's like, guys, that's... That's it. It's That's it. It's... <laughs> that's the secret to life. Like, yeah. You guys can knock it, but uh, yeah, it's I, really the... I'm going to go ahead and knock the book of yardage because no, it didn't have a whole lot of yardage in it. <laughs> well, and I think that's the point is like, dude, let go of that stuff, man. <laughs> yardage is a construct. You need more you spirit and less yardage. Eye. Yeah. All right, you want to lead us through DJ? Yeah, I've got a couple categories that I think we should knock out um, just for, for uh, you know, closure purposes. Uh, let's start with favorite hole. We played twelve rounds. With, what's the favorite hole? Jeez, uh, it's ridiculous. All of these are ridiculous. It's an impossible questions. question. Yeah, I didn't want to say it. I think Tron and I may say the same one. Seventeen at the old course. It is the best. It really is the best. It's the most interesting. There's so many elements to it, and it's the most memorable hole. It's my favorite hole. Randy? Uh, my favorite was number 13 at Ely. It's kind of a par four out to you're along the ocean, the ocean on your left. You're playing out to this huge cliff. The green kind of sits at the base of it. Um, the green's a little redanny where you can kind of throw it to the right and it'll catch a bank and, and kind of funnel down to the hole. I just thought um, the, the shot value of the approach I, I loved. But then the scenery on top of that was it, it was my favorite. It was my favorite. I would say probably. Well, go ahead, John. Sorry. I think I mean seventeen was one of my favorites. Ten through thirteen at Ely, but since you've already taken seventeen, I'll say six at Dornick. Oh, yeah, yeah. That part three is just so cool. Like yeah. if you if you miss the green by a hair to the right, you're rolling like thirty five yards down a hill that you're basically dead down there. And it's got a sweet kicker of a bank up to yeah. the left. It's not that hard of a hole. Yeah, we had, <laughs> terrifyingly, we had four net birdies, three <laughs> three birdies and a and a three for two from Randy on uh, on that hole. That was a little disconcerting. Teach. Uh, I'm thinking about like a hole that if you like you had to just sit and play it all day. Like, what would you get the least bored of, or you know, had the most whatever the most uh, different options to play it? And I, I would say 13 at North Berwick is probably my pretty much my favorite hole in all of golf i would say uh i mean it's just you got the wall running in front of the green and you can take off as much as you want on the approach shot it depends where the pin is it dep- i mean the whole thing is just it's so good you're a barrack barrack first kind of guy oh huge barrack first guy yeah I, I would keep trying to hit shots i think if i was playing there all day that you could where you get to a point where you could try to put it through the gaps in the wall or something. <laughs> I think I think there's just like I don't know how you could have more fun than than playing that hole. And plus, it breaks every rule. Yeah, of golf, which is fun. I think. Uh, all right, 
Least favorite hole. Uh, this won't be a popular one, but I'm going to say the second hole at Cullen. <laughs> That's a disgrace. You're a That's, disgrace. That is scummy for you to say that. <laughs> it is It is fine. You're going to sit here and say that. That's gross. <laughs> for players of our skill level, it's no issue, but it is like... It's can, you run, can you run people through what it is? It's Just 112 <laughs> yards straight up a up, mountain. Up a probably side. like 40 feet. Like imagine, yeah, imagine like looking up at a cliff. Oh, easy for it. Yeah. It's probably 80 feet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've never seen a more uphill hole, uh, and I think if you're like a 20 handicap, you just flat out can't hit that shot. No, I think you I think blade it into the hill. And you <laughs> I think that's part dirty. of the reason why George's wife, Anne, won the club championship she so many times. She can hit that shot. The whole course is, is like I, we were talking about earlier, just the screwiest, most fun. So it works in the context of that golf course. And it breaks all kinds of rules, and it follows no no really method in any way. So in that context, it works. But if we're looking on a hole by hole basis, that's the hole. It's like, like that that hole is absurd. That hole is absolutely absurd. The one that frustrated me the most was the fifth at Cruden Bay. The blind. Uh, that's the sixth. The sixth. The par five. The par five. Oh, I'm sorry. They look similar in the yard. Yeah. The holes. Yeah, look yeah, similar. yeah. Um, yeah, the sixth hole with the blind approach into this par five um it's just like so hard to get far enough and up this dune to see where you're supposed to be like it it was just hard um typical millennial take right there (laughs) it's just too hard (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh but i think in the running for me was the 18th at brora and um I think the seventh at Royal Dornick is it's it's a good hole probably, but it just kind of sticks out from it's the rest of, of them. Yeah, it's kind of whatever. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, you're casting a bit of a wide net there. Sorry. I think I think number two at uh, number two at Royal Dornick is not by any stretch like the worst hole that we played, but I could see that being the one where I just wanted to quit the most. <laughs> it's probably the hardest hole that we played. I think if you and I was the only one that really missed in a bad spot. I think, uh, but you could be ping ponging there for quite a while um yeah i was gonna say the same 18 at 18 at brora and tom watson calls this the hardest hardest shot in golf is the second shot in the second <laughs> yeah. hole at road yeah exactly your boy made a comfy three there very smooth you got off to a great start there three three yeah and then uh what was the other one i was gonna say uh i thought 18 at cruden yeah that was stunk. the other one yeah that's a weak hole i, I, I don't disagree there and then there was anyway. there was an uphill hole at nairn the 13th? 13. 13th. That hole yeah. kind of stunk. Too. It's just out of place. Yeah. yeah. yeah that one. Was All right. Of the what ball. was uh, the underdog course of the trip for you? Uh, for I mean, true underdog for sure, Colin. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say Colin, too. I thought you'd say Ely for sure. Like Well. Biggest like biggest surprise. Is it what really was, an underdog? I mean. Yeah. Well, I was surprised you liked it as much as you did. I mean, I liked it, too. But that that was like world-changing for you guys that that's the course that is the most different from my first experience there to my second one so in that regard it would probably be the biggest the biggest surprise there would be ely definitely what was uh what was yours oh, biggest, i'll say ely, ely yeah. then i mean cullen was such a surprise because i we i knew nothing about it other than it was, i thought it was going to be i thought it was just going to be a kind of a joke easy short course but it was not the case really at all i think i shot i shot over par there like it's not easy even remotely what is uh the course you'd want to play every day given e- the chance ely I'm going to say the old course. Yeah? Just because it's so... Yeah, I mean, you could just... You could play it every day, and it's like a puzzle. It's... it's. I mean, I don't think it's like from a 
I guess from a comfort level and like it's it's not a great club to play. So that's that's kind of the one. It's the course that would be most different day to day. Yeah, the most different ways to play, and you would probably never stop learning ways to play. I think Dornick, just because you could, those some of those greens are so big and so, you know, so sloped, and there there's probably twenty to twenty five different hole locations on some of those greens. Yeah, to where like you could you could play the course for three weeks straight and and have a different wind and different and different hole locations and feel like you're playing a brand new course every day. So, for me, I think. Dornick's probably like it's the it's the course I had the least ability to place like I just didn't I didn't know a whole whole lot about it before we went and I didn't know what the defining characteristics really were other than it was just a really good course so I think for me probably the underdog course is the underdog course and the course I most want to play every day would probably be Dornick I think it's North Barrick for me I mean I think it's the biggest intersection of you know, club and fun and challenge and interest and, and everything. I mean, I think it's just, I could play there every day and never get bored. From a golf course standpoint, I'm with Tron on Dornick. I think, uh, I mean, if you could play the old course every day where, and it wasn't just a mayhem every single day, I'll put say, it, I think but it get would a little be. bit worn out. But it would yeah. be. It would <laughs> be. Uh, but yeah, Dornick, Dornick is, does get a lot of traffic up there. There's a lot of, you know, golf van buses that unload there and whatnot. Um, but that's the golf course I think I would enjoy playing the most day to day. I think that uh, kind of leads into the next question: What's the best course? I mean, and and there's a big difference I think between best course and best experience. The best golf course is the old course. It's also the best experience I think. So, but that's that's my answer. That's the uh, that the different ways that you can play it and uh, all of the the options with just the shared fairways and all of the different winds that it's played in legitimately it's like route your way to the hole in any way you want and you could legitimately you could hit six iron off a tee or you could hit driver on some of them and play the hole in, in the same amount of strokes and it's it's the absolute best randy best course best experience um it's probably the old course but as somebody who's only played it once now i am gonna fall into the camp where like i certainly liked it i would love to play it again but i'm gonna go elsewhere for my answer i think the best course was uh just Royal Dornick straight up, um, just from a pure course-wise. Uh, best experience, obviously Ely for me. Um, but I also want to shout out Nairn. Like, Nairn might be the answer uh, for, for best course. And that's you, not only could you have a different answer the more times you do the same route, you might, like, even after playing them once, you might say something different tomorrow. I'd be like, yeah, you know what? Actually, today I would probably prefer to play this course, blah, blah, blah. Tron, what's your answer? Uh, for golf course, like best course, period, point blank is, I'm with you. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the old course. Just I mean like, the back nine. Like basically, once you get to twelve, it's just really eleven. Really is like crazy good hole, and then from there on, I I thought I was gonna have an aneurysm the whole time. <laughs> um, and then knowing that you can play it backwards and you can do all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah, I mean that was like birdieing not to toot my own horn because it's not a hard hole but like (laughs) birdie (laughs) however but but getting up and down on 17 for par and then birdieing 18 like that's probably like top five moments of my life yeah that's amazing uh best experience was uh i'm gonna i think and this was just unique to this trip is was 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 ely for me um that was just a magical evening I think uh, best course and best experience, 
for me is I mean I agree with you guys on the old course obviously I, I I get all the reasons why it's so good and it is so good and and I absolutely love it but I'm gonna say best course best experience were both Dornick for me I thought I mean, it just completely blew my doors off how good it was I I didn't know much about it going in and it just completely overwhelmed me how every every shot was phenomenal and I think honestly the the course like where I had the biggest smile on my face the whole time was Colin. It was, yeah. It yeah, was yeah. absolutely tremendous. Colin was everything that's right about golf. Yeah, for sure. And that was like, if you, if you didn't like that or you didn't feel that way, then I think we have like a different impression of the, what golf is, yeah. which is fine. The best way I can describe Colin is, you know, like the joy little kids get when they go putt-putting? Yes. Like that's the joy <laughs> I think we felt playing Colin. Like, it's kind of on that same scale. Yeah, I agree. I think that I probably would have said experience for Dornick as well, but just, like, grinding down the stretch yeah, in a competition. Yeah. Like, it's it's five par fours in a row oh, down the stretch and God, just, like, were, just getting the shit beat out wind, of you. Like, it was yeah. like being in a heavyweight bout yeah. and then the wind kicked up. and The sky just looked different than any sky I've ever seen before. I don't know what, it was yeah. like a weird blend of cloudy, moody, and sunny, and it was, oh, God, Dornick's the best. And um, last, last thing is highlight of the trip. The bagpipes coming up, the final stretch at Dornick with a course to ourselves. I've already said that, but that was like, that was, that was my ultimate conclusion to the trip and could be fine if that was my last round of golf ever. Like, that was, that was the best. I mean, I, you know, I had a top, couple top five moments in my life, but uh, you know those don't even compare to Randy getting backed down by Ricky <laughs> at North so, Ricky was the true alpha. Randy, such a bad take. <laughs> I think hi- that's scummy for you to say. Jeremy. Highlight for me might be uh, making the full time switch to the half bag. I think I don't know, have any. We're reason. shooting our best rounds of, like, the trip with that. Yeah, I don't have any reason yeah. to go back after after that. That was. That was invigorating. It's just a matter of how many clubs we played. Yeah. Uh, the personal highlight for me, I think, was just I how well I played on the back nine at Castle Stewart. That was fun. Um, the larger, kind of larger best experience, or the highlight, I guess. Was that the question, the highlight of the trip? Yeah. Um, can I do two things? One was just seeing the town of St. Andrews, just that – initial drive in and then getting to walk around and explore it a little bit but then the second um non-golf highlight was uh the 19th hole at ely just popping in there mid-round uh just this quaint little pub for those ladies working in there were awesome yeah for just a great pint um i I really like you didn't want to leave you didn't want to no no yeah Wimbledon was on. World Cup was coming on soon. Guys, I'm moving to Ely. I don't know if now's <laughs> the right time to, to tell you. Um, we also, we, we didn't talk about this, we got to check out uh, the Cool Links site, the new uh, Mike Kaiser Core Crenshaw course that's going in about less than 15 minutes north of Dornick. Uh, pretty much the most ideal site you could, could draw out for a golf course. It looks like there's actually one sitting there already. I kind of thought they'd actually already done a little bit of work on it, but uh, that's just the natural site. Uh, that was really cool, and uh, that's pretty much. We went and toured around Edinburgh for uh, God, Edinburgh for a day. Edinburgh is awesome. Possibly. So, 
If you can't tell from kind of how we're talking about this, and again, I know. God, Edinburgh we, was like the best. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't tell, and again, I know we, we mentioned that Visit Scotland helped arrange this trip. So maybe if, if, you, if it sounds like we're getting paid to say this, we're, trust me, we're not. Like, go to Scotland. Yeah. Like, it is the it's best. It's much more attainable than it seems like, especially if you're on the East Coast. I mean, it's, it's not all that different than than getting to LA or yeah. or something like that. I mean, it's, it's, it's the actual it's so best. Worthwhile. It's yeah. the best. No, I mean, I think like I was looking, I think Norwegian flies out of like Providence and some, and maybe Fort Lauderdale or somewhere else to like, it's like 450 or 500 bucks round trip into Edinburgh. Like just get to one of those locales and then you can fly direct. And then from there, like, I don't think I've been, it was probably the most relaxing experience of my life. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's the best. And, and the people. I think that's that's kind of the the theme that sticks out the most for me of the whole trip is the people were just so warm, but like they don't bullshit you either. Yeah. What was the biggest misconception about Scotland? The food. The food, the food was, was really good. good. Was really good. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we had a bad meal. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean between the between the breakfasts and ate a ton of. They have really good steak and they have great like access to great fish i mean right off you know you're all along the coast there the produce is unbelievable yeah i was blown i was blown away by the food i'm kind of a food snob and and you know i was expecting to just be you know kind of that was not going to be an element of the trip and and then going to edinburgh like that was there was so many good restaurants there like i want to go back to i want to go back with my wife and freddie and just you know not even play golf i just want to go hang out too Weather is not nearly as bad as they say. I mean, we got really lucky, obviously, but I've been there four times, and it's it's been like truly unplayable one time. I think. I mean, the weather is is not nearly that bad, and the hospitality is just next level. It's the best possible golf experience you can have, and yeah, I can't recommend it high enough. So, with that, that's about as long of a recap as we can make. But did we want to do the composite? Oh my gosh, it's going to be another. Do you have it on your phone? I do. All right, we let's just went through it for the right. diehards. People right. can people can roast it on Twitter. Yeah. We don't have to go through each of the. Decisions. We made a composite course: the best first hole, best second, blah blah blah, from the whole trip. A lot of internal debate. We have there were some shared. side room deals. Yeah, and yeah. Some, some uh, partnerships formed. Here it is: hole number one. <laughs> we had cocaine Mitch over here dealing <laughs> with uh, dealing with all kinds of concessions and stuff. Hole number one again: the best first hole was the old course. Number two, Dornick. Number three, Castle Stewart. Four kill Spindy, five Dornick, six Dornick, seven Cullen, eight Cruden Bay, nine North Barrick, Ely was number ten, the old course eleven, twelve was Cullen, thirteen North Barrick, fourteen was a North Barrick Dornick split. That's a disgrace. <laughs> Fifteen was Cruden Bay, sixteen old course, seventeen old course, eighteen old course. I'm sure, there's plenty to, to debate in there. We're not going to do that any longer. We're going to wrap this right here. Uh, thank you for tuning in. If you if you tune in for this long, if you ever have questions, uh, shoot us an email about planning a Scotland trip. And obviously, we have so much more to come on this front from a video standpoint. Uh, we got to at some point upload all this footage and whatnot. It's going to be kind of a it's going to be mayhem. So we got a lot of good stuff from it. And you yeah, know look, what? Look for this in 2020. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to the people who kidding, who we'll like complain sooner. about the you know. Hey, if you don't want to listen to travel pods, just don't listen to them. <laughs> it might be too late to talk to those people. <laughs> <laughs> but B, it's not like we're going to Morocco or like somewhere. We're going yeah. to freaking the home of golf here. This you know? is where we're it's at. This is pretty where discerning about the trips that we take. So. Yes, exactly. So on that note, wrap it at that. Thank you for lasting this long. And uh, we'll be back with regularly scheduled programming here shortly. 
And uh, cheers. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! <laughs>